welcome to the Plant-Centered and Thriving Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Kitchens. I'm a plant-based registered dietitian and virtual nutrition mentor. I was raised on an Angus cattle farm, grew up with a lot of GI issues, and used the power of plant-based eating to promote healing. Here, you'll find inspiration, ideas, and encouragement for your own plant-based journey. I'm so thrilled you're here today. Let's get started. Welcome to the show. My name is Ashley, and I'm so thankful you are here today. So thank you for being here. Thank you for supporting the show. I really, really appreciate you. So gear up for today's episode, because guess what? I have the most incredible dynamic duo on the show today. If you are familiar with the Esselstyn family, I have Anne and Jane Esselstyn on the show. They are a mother-daughter duo, and they are just so incredible, so sweet, and so talented. So if you're not familiar with the Esselstyn family, the Esselstyn family is three generations of plant-based strong people. They are a powerhouse and they are leaders in the whole food plant-based realm. And we talk a little bit about that in our interview today. We also talk about Jane and Anne's new cookbook, Be a Plant-Based Woman Warrior. And y'all, I'm holding this cookbook right now and the recipes are mouthwatering. It is stunning. The photography is stunning. Everything just looks so delicious. I cannot wait to make some of these recipes. And Jane and Anne both talk about some of their favorite recipes in the book. So the cookbook is available for pre-order and comes out Tuesday, August 23rd. You can use the link below to grab your copy. So let me introduce Anne and Jane, and then we will jump right into the show. So Anne Esselstyn graduated from Smith College and received a master's in education from Wheelock College. She taught English and history for 27 years receiving the Hostetler Award for Outstanding Teacher. And she was a field hockey coach for 15 years. She juggled raising four children, teaching and figuring out plant-based oil-free ways to cook that are delicious and appealing. Since 2000, she has focused on creating recipes to prevent and reverse heart disease and counseling patients on how to prepare and eat plant-based foods. She has frequently been referred to as the Julia Child of plant-based cooking. Now, Jane Esselstyn, who is a nurse and a wellness instructor and a plant-based strong presenter and cook, as well as a married mother of three, she loves presenting about disease prevention through nutrition and like the rest of her family has been plant strong for more than 25 years, 25 years, y'all. She has been a sex education teacher to middle school boys and high school girls for more than two decades and helps them learn about the amazing benefits of plant-based foods. All right, y'all, you are in for a treat with Jane and Anne. So please join me in welcoming them to the show. Welcome to the show, Anne and Jane. Thank Thank you. I'm very excited to talk about your book, but before we get into the great details of all this, um, and I'm really curious for you to kind of take us back 30 plus years ago and how this all sort of started for you and your family. Back then there was no internet. There was, I mean, the term vegan and vegetarian was like, what? And um, so we were in a, in a kind of a void people on the West Coast were doing some of this, but it was like another country, the West Coast. 
So we started just just trying to do it. And each day got better and better. She was doing it with <clears throat> no guide, no internet, no, no like health food stores back then. And she had four kids who were all right. athletes and you know, and we were all kind wow. of college age or late high school. So, you know, in our in these years of <laughs> the amazing thing is that our children were in college or at late the end of high school. And yet today, all our four children are plant-based and our 10 grandchildren are also plant-based. And all of our spouses are plant-based. Yes. Okay. And that brings up a really good question on like how, how that transition was like for your family. Cause I know that's a big concern with parents and people who have partners, spouses. It's like, what if they're not on board or how do I, how do I make this change and kind of maybe get them on board? All the time. Um, that's the only. And the thing is, I think you just have to eat. People have to realize that people are noticing, even though they aren't doing it, they notice. And eventually they're going to have some issue and they're going to realize there is a solution, Hmm. but people, you can't be told it has to come from within. Yeah. Yeah. You almost have to like walk the walk and just showcase how abundant it can be. And, you know, if, if you're not ready to do something, you're not ready to do something like you can't make somebody love yoga or something. Yeah. They, they, they have to want to take that first class. Or I remember at one of my husband's um, seminars, a couple had come. And accordingly, she had just come because he likes to have the spouse come. And at the very end of the conference, at the seminar, <laughs> she stood up and said, I was against this. I did not think that this was right, but I am the one that actually had the heart attack. And she, by just the education of those five hours of seminar, had totally switched over because she had come angry that her husband was coming to this. So I think education is a huge part of it. I mean, Mm -hmm. just like you got convinced with forks over knives. Mm-hmm. And I think that is, but you had constipation and he, she had had a heart attack. So sometimes people have to have that skillet to the head yeah. to make some transition. But if kids are young enough and little enough, like our kid, like my husband and I have three kids and we raised them plant-based and we let them sort of make their way at birthday parties and whatnot. And, <clears throat> and, and, you know, figure it out, but they didn't want to have, milk and meat and stuff. So um, it worked and they're all, you know, they're all almost adults now themselves. Yeah. But the best way to do it is really to do it yourself. I mean, yeah. there's no other way. Really. I, I just think you have to have the courage, just know what's right, do it for you and pull people in. Although I must say that I never, I never have, when we have guests, I don't have butter. I don't have anything for them. They eat what we eat. Um, I don't make exceptions for anybody. I mean, you know, and and there's something everybody can always eat. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I so often see people, well, I just do this. All right. Well, we're having guests. So I'll have butter for the corn mm-hmm. and forget. I mean, corn is delicious. It doesn't need anything. Yeah. True. Yep. And if you're making things out of this cookbook, 
I mean, you really don't need anything else. So let's get into it. I'm, I'm curious, especially um, what was sort of the inspiration behind be a plant-based woman warrior. I think that is just such a brilliant cover to this book. And also not only that, but it's be a plant-based woman warrior, live fierce, stay bold, eat delicious. (laughs) Well, it actually came because there's been so much, like you've been in the plant-based space since Forks Over Knives-ish and you know, living there since the mid eighties. And it was such a, um, it was such a, like a male, a white male researchy kind of thing. And occasionally my mom and I would be on stage. We'd be like the cooking demo. And meanwhile, we had plenty more to say and do. And there was so much more to this than the research, the research, the research, the research, the research, the research you know? So, so what I'm trying to say is there's so much vitality and energy around it. And like we wanted to showcase that. So I started to have a camp, just a camp for plant-based women warriors who it's called well now, well now, well, we well now camp anyway. And we were trying to do the subtitle or the, like to explain what well now was going to be about like my co-director and myself. And I was like, it's just, you know, it's like for plant-based women warriors who want to just run around and have be, have be vivacious and have vitality together and not just sit on our patooties and listen to lectures because we're not doing any of that. We're just going to run around and eat a ton of great food and have an art class or this class or that class and arts and crafts and camp. So that's the little name that stuck in my head. And right before COVID came along, our, our book deal came through and that the way, was the way best I, thing during COVID to have this like book. March, tw- March oh, 7th. I'm sure. Yeah. Project. Like <gasps> perfect. But uh, to be honest about the introduction and stuff, I'm moving out of the title into the, into the book now is that, yeah, we had a ton of recipes because we've written together. We've had over six books um, with, that we've done the recipes for. So we are constantly collecting. Jane's done the recipes for three books with our son, Rip. And one with you, two with you. And you've done two books. Anyway, my point I'm trying to get to is that one day uh, my husband and I were like doing a free write thing together, just, you know, writing the journal or whatever in the morning and out popped this sentence that became the, for me, like the, the hoof of the book, which was my mom is my daily dose of hell. Yeah. And she is like, to be running around next door the way she does. I mean, she's up in the morning for a run and she's been in the garden and she's been raking and she's already gone here and run an errand and she's come back just on no medications that, you know, lifestyle related medications. Yep. And just, I, I want to go this way. Like I, all my friends, parents, I see not going this way. And what do you say? You want to live, live long, live, live yeah. well and live long. And there's a die fast. Yep. Yeah. Rectangular. Oh, yes. Which Versus is really- the, the, like, oh, let's live to be 120 on oxygen and mm-hmm. in bed and really expensive. And yes. Yeah. I know I, I worked in nursing homes actually for seven years. And that was, I mean, that's what we saw. Yeah. I mean, it was like, no one wants to grow old because if this is what it looks like, then who wants to do that? But then you look at someone like Anne and you're like, wait a sec, can, can I have that? Can I go down that path too? Motivating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. One thing I do appreciate about, about you all is you all seem to really have fun, which I feel like when we look at adults, 
older adults, no one's really having fun. They're just kind of, you know, doing, they're in their routine, but y'all are jumping in lakes. Y'all are, you know, out doing yoga. Did you just see those bathing suits? Yes. Aren't those the best? Yes. They're amazing. My birthday present. So what, what, what was it like creating these recipes? I swear, whenever someone invites us to dinner, which is a rarity because people are just scared of trying to feed us, which we would eat, you know, we love trying that stuff. Uh, sure. But also it's really impressive when people yeah. so do we make that effort. Learn. And then we think, oh my gosh, this is delicious. We have to have the recipe. Yes. Yeah. So, so often it happens. Or if we travel or, you know, go somewhere, try some stuff. And I must say <clears throat> this book is very much mostly Jane. Uh, this book wouldn't exist without Anne. <laughs> the tip of the hat to her for numerous reasons. I mean, it really, it's an ode to what she has done. We're a family of 20 who eats whole food plant-based uh, enthusiastically. And that is, I mean, the first question you started with, how do you possibly get people to do this? We all do this because the food was there and it was, it was, Hey, this is great. Let's give it a go. Give it a go. Give it a go. And there was and, no other choice. <laughs> and so she, tip of because she's got us all eating this way. And, and you know, the other thing, good. the other and thing. And let me keep Jane. oating you. I'm oating you. What? Jane. Whatever that word is. I'm giving you an oat. I'm tipping okay. a hat to you. Okay. Um, and for me, I'm the only daughter in, in my family. Like I've got three brothers. And growing up as a female in America, it's such a different thing. All four of us were nationally ranked swimmers. We were, it's rare. You have four kids in the same family who all do the same thing at the same, like this level. Yeah. We usually have a cheerleader and a geek and a, or that's a bad word, maybe, but like a computer whiz. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When it goes kind of off the deep end in some direction of who knows what, but we have the variety show, maybe an athlete. So we have all four athletes on this level. And, you know, I don't know if you read the whole introduction, but like at some point in my teenage years, I was getting, I was filling out and getting curvy, training up a storm. I'm, you know, crazy strong and fit and nationally ranked swimmer, like big 10 champ going into double A's for Michigan. Da, 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 da. And I'm worried and freaked out about my body, my shape, my size. And my brothers hadn't spent a second, not a minute of their life on any of this. And I was like, you know, this is so, this is just torture. This is, I, yeah. My identity is wrapped up in this, but I hear I'm about to like go off the blocks and do this great thing. Like so terrible, but luckily plant-based eating, which they were going getting into happening right at that point in my life. And so the more I ate plant-based, the more like on board, I got with the mindset of being free from that burden that mostly women, I plenty of men have a, a, a difficult mindset around their, their bodies and food, but for women, like a friend of mine called it food head. And she loved them when she went plant-based, she went, was free of food head of this, like waking up and wondering, what am I going to eat? What am yeah. I going to do? What am I going to wear? How am I going to show up? And I was losing that food head early in my twenties, which was so nice. And, um, like we don't have, I don't have a scale. I don't have a, I don't have a watch that counts my steps. We don't have, I don't know how to count calories. Um, yeah. We don't have numbers that dictate our One world. of the things we have not done in any of our books and we get criticized for it also is we don't have calories or portions. Cause we haven't, we will eat the whole thing. We don't. Right. Water. Yeah. What do you, we would eat the whole thing. 
Yeah, but you can't eat the whole thing every day. <laughs> but in a way that like forces you to like trust your body and what it's telling you yeah. and how full you are, or how hungry you are. Actually, Jane, I actually really appreciated you including that in there because I like that you touched on, you know, we're all imperfect. And the idea is for us to not be perfect on this journey and just being transparent about your own journey, I think was really helpful. When we meet these people who are at all different stages and phases of being plant-based and yep. most of us have come here because something is imperfect about us. Yeah. No. Yep. Absolutely. Well, Jane, I'm going to jump ahead because there was a listener question. Um, cause she mentioned that you taught sex ed in middle school, um, or two middle schoolers. And she was curious how that helped kind of similar to what you were just saying, how that helped shape your approach to health and body image talk to young women. Um, and, and not kind of going down the rabbit hole of dieting and counting calories and all that kind of stuff. What teaching middle school has helped me talk with adults is that people who are trying to onboard anything, we learn it at a middle school level. We learn, you know, newspapers are supposedly written at like an eighth grade level. So I love being able to, I use props and I demonstrate stuff with, with things. So people with different, different learning styles can grasp things, you know, ideas about diabetes or, or heart disease or cancer. Um, and but body image stuff, talking about puberty with kids, you're going to kind of get learned. You learn right away that like, there's no normal except puberty is going to hunt you down and it's going to find you somewhere between third grade and college. Yeah. That's the only, <laughs> it's going to find you. It's going to mm-hmm. find you. Um, and that's, and you're going to, it's going to be, I just say like, it, it, questions about puberty are awesome because they're like, they're like hairy and oozy and things with fluid, things that wobble, things that grow. They're like, oh my God. I'm like, yeah, puberty. It's fun. So talking about awkward stuff became a norm. And so part of what I talked about in this book, I'm not sure if you got to the section about women. I really want to talk about how being a whole food plant-based eater helps women in so many ways from head to toe, like helps our breasts for so many reasons. I'm not going to go into research and stuff now, but Read Dr. Chrissy Funk if you want to hear more. Breasts are protected by being on a whole food plant-based diet. Same, let's just keep going down. So same with your uterus, your endometrium, your endometrial endometrial lining of your uterus, um, your ovaries big time, and the vaginal space itself, all kinds of good blood flow gets, you know, into the vagina, keeping it healthy and supple, which we want that. Um, And Okay, let's start from the back. I, I talk about anus, the vagina, urethra, and the clitoris, clitoris. I turn it around and call it CUVA, C-U-V-A. I have a t-shirt called CUVA. That's awesome. Vagina, anus. It's great. People think it's like the Cleveland United Vegetarian Association, but I'm talking about hemorrhoids, not an issue. Diverticulitis, oh, which is the outpouching of your of your colon from pushing too hard. People think they shouldn't eat seeds, but like the lack of eating fiber and seeds got them there in the first place. Um, and there's more with you know, constipation, diverticulitis, hemorrhoids, on and on and on. Freedom, this is what brought you to the, this is what brought you and a very good friend of mine to hopeful plant-based eating. So the A, vagina, I just went over all that and all everything that lives above the vagina, the uterus and whatnot. The urethra, my gosh, protecting yourself from issues in the urethra, which like UTI, urinary tract infections, UTIs that comes a large percentage, according to Dr. Uh, Michael Greger, come from the, the bacteria that sort of is, is hosted in chicken. 
And mm. if you're eating that, partners eating that, and you guys are fluid, is you just you can't. You're going to be more at risk for UTIs. Not to mention healthy kidneys. All that can happen with your urethra, with kidney stones and whatnot. The clitoris, the clitoris. This is the exact same tissue as the head of the penis. It is the GLANS, the glands of the penis. This is what this is. Eight thousand nerves for sexual pleasure, and. Same, we all are made with the same tissues. Like men have nipples, so do you know we all we all have nipples because we're all made of the same tissues. A scrotum is actually labia, which is the left and right side of what we have down there. Mm-hmm. And the shaft of the penis, all that tissue that engorges, we have it's in our pelvic floor above the clitoris, going back and it wraps around the vaginal space, bringing blood flow to the vaginal space that gives a lubrication, a woman's sign for readiness. But these are all little small capillaries that have to be open. They cannot be clogged with plaque. So good blood flow that comes from the nitric oxide that's released in our vessels from eating good food, not from eating grease and meat and cheese that clog it up and not let the blood flow and not let the gas of nitric oxide be released. Women, we benefit from front to back, top to bottom. Oh, from our head, no food head, our healthy jazz, our healthy undercarriage. So this helps everything Jane's talking about. Yes. I try talk about Kuva in here a little bit. Yes. Yeah. And if, I mean, even if you just flip through these you know, pages, the, the photography is stunning. I mean, the, everything Karen, just. Yeah. Karen McKenna did a beautiful job with us. She it's... was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. How was it just you two kind of a typical day of working together on this book? I mean, what did, what did that look like? If you could give us some insight. During COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jane was great because she was shopping, doing a lot of shopping. I us. shopped for them because I didn't <laughs> want them going. I didn't, we didn't know what was what, you know? And so at night we started watching a lot of TV. And so we would be sitting watching TV at night. It would be dark. And I became kind of like a Pavlov dog because I would hear Jane outside and I would begin to drool because <laughs> she would be there with, Another, say, uh, try with this, these amazing brownies that she was making. Oh, they were And we so must good. have had 12 nights that she would come with a different mm-hmm. a different one. <laughs> it was so exciting. We had the frosted walnut brownies, and then we had the out-of-sight brownies. Oh, yeah. Which that, that, my dad, when he said, Jane, this one's out of sight. I'm like, done. We got it. Perfect. We live next door. So that's really nice. So that when something we would find something good, we'd done, we would run it back and forth. So a lot of taste testing. So kind of with that too, what would you say to someone who's maybe like just starting out or they just got your cookbook or they're thinking about getting your cookbook and they're going to get it after this? Um, Where would you recommend they start with some of these recipes? Are there some in particular that you all really enjoy or? Well, I always ask that you cannot ask about a favorite child. You cannot ask well, about because she, this person, he or she doesn't, it doesn't women and men, anybody can use this book. We just wanted to give women their due. Actually, I think to answer your question, I think people should start with breakfast. I think they should start with dessert. No, <laughs> I think you can skip dessert. Jane. I think breakfast is important. I spent a lifetime of having no idea what to have for breakfast. Mm. And now if you ask for what a favorite recipe is, my favorite recipe is my breakfast, which is in this book. And, um, and I feel like once I've had that, I am set for the day. And I feel I've had a lot of things I want to eat for the day, but I think it does get you on a good track. Mm -hmm. 
Yep. And I don't like breakfast per se. I like to have left like yesterday. I had the most delicious salad for breakfast that was left over. And I'm not a big salad. I mean, salad is my jam, but it was so marinated in this great dressing my husband made that I was loving it for breakfast with in a family, get your children having some kind of oats for breakfast. Oh yeah. Um, oats are so powerful and uh, it's easy to, to, to do either oatmeal not. I mean, we have so many ideas in here and um, you know, toast jam, you're not getting anything powerful yeah. in you. I mean, when you eat, it is so good to know what you're eating is going to make a difference to your health. Yeah. If you ask the place to start, that's the place to start. And I think sometimes people start with like having something that they used to have, like a chili and you have a vegan chili. And they're like, oh, this isn't that still different. Just as good. And so for some people, it's something a larger part of their day than breakfast. I think, I mean, I think people need to start where they where they want. Again, yeah. they want to have, you like burgers. So there are so many wonderful ways oh, to make burgers and yeah. we have lots of ideas and you know, the burger is less the taste of the burger, but it's whatever you put on it or whatever is in that. So we have a great woman warrior burger. And that I think actually could be a great place for people to start to begin who are whole, who, who after them. they've had oats for breakfast. Okay. Yep. And because building your own bowl is like, even conceptually it's here's a bowl, not a plate. Someone's serving you. And here's your plate with what, you, you know, A, B, C, and D on it. Here's a bowl. And here's what you're going to put in it. And we always start with the foundation of greens because they're hidden. They're there or they're supportive and they're there. How do you want to view it? Um, you know, spinach can like wilt down to nothing in there or arugula can be like firing away at each bite or spinach or, whatever, or kale, whatever you want in the greens in there. And then the foundation is, you know, some like black rice noodles or, or black rice or brown rice or red rice or sweet potato or white potato or barley or quinoa or whatever you, whatever people, everyone likes to eat something, some complex carbohydrate, not a simple, not a white pasta, not a white rice, not a potato chip, but the whole version thereof, of that complex carbohydrate. And then perhaps some, something like a sweet potato chunked up or um, something like tempeh or tofu maybe, or beans or lentils. There's so many, people like all these things. And it, once you start to build it, when you have the greens and the, and the complex carbohydrate and these other bits and pieces that fill you up a little more and then purple cabbage, so colorful and maybe napa cabbage or carrots or mandarin oranges, uh, radishes, cherry tomato, just the beautiful color. You're just so excited about what you're eating. And then we have our, um, of course, there's some good sauces on it all. And then just toss it all together in your bowl. Or I've start, I've, I've surrendered to like, forget that everyone builds in their own bowl. I'm going to build this massive bowl. We have these mat, I mean, bowls that are as big as if you're going to hug it. And we just do like a TikTok clock of every section is a different color and then put the stuff on and or sauce on and toss it for everybody. And I love that because I can put so much more in that big bowl and add some fennel, add some sprouts, scallions, just fill it up with so much plant stuff that you don't even know how much plant you're eating versus anything else. But what I'm trying to get to is building your own bowl puts everyone in control of, of their own 
like meal destiny and they're going to make it taste good. I think no matter what, and the sauces are truly our secret weapon. And when we handed this into the publisher, they were like, this sauce section, you say is your secret weapon and you have it at the end here, you have dinners and then, then sauces. We want to put the sauces as the first thing. We're like, oh, oh, wait, wait. And really feels important. Like breakfast is important. So we go breakfast and then sauces, yes. which is the way that most cookbooks go. But like, these are our secret weapons and you're going to need these sauces and hummuses and gravies and, and salsa and guacamole to have your whole day go well. For instance, we have a walnut sauce mm. that is so good. And we somehow get it in whatever book we're <laughs> cooking. It's just walnuts, tamari, and garlic and a little water. It's amazing. Stunning. Um, However, that may just say that if you are starting and you want to be simple, a sweet potato, broccoli, cooked broccoli, uh, a white potato. I mean, you can be very simple, not follow recipes, but yeah. just eat straight food that fills you up with no problem. Pasta. I, you know, it's it's so easy to do it. And then it. It's so easy to make it that next level of deliciousness. Yep. And it, like you said, it doesn't have to be complicated. It can be really easy. Actually, you said sweet potato. In one of our breakfasts we have, um, we heard about, and we were presenting somewhere, and this woman said next to me, she's like, I I love my, my morning meetings with these women I work with. And I was like, that sounds great. She's like, no, because the first thing we talk about is what's your new favorite breakfast? And I was like, oh, and I'm thinking like, I only like dinner for breakfast. She said, my one friend just told me the coolest thing that she likes. And I think that you'd like it. She takes a potato, a sweet potato, and she cooks it, cuts it in half long lengthwise. She puts a thin layer of peanut butter on it. And then she puts a lime on top of it. And I was like, Ooh, yes, that's my kind of breakfast. And it is awesome. I just got to do my stomach. I just got talking about <laughs> it. I get, I get hungry. Um, I think we call it, we call it, I think we call it sweet start in the breakfast section. Anyway, nice. it's a very dinnery breakfast, but that's so simple. I think it's better to put that at dinner and have oats for breakfast. I agree. <laughs> with just, and I, I, so with that, you know, you all had mentioned, this was another listener question. Um, because she knew that you all were both teachers. How did plant-based eating affect your energy levels, you know, in the classroom or were the, yes, there's the burger. Sorry. I'm thinking starting with breakfast, burgers, and maybe the brownies, just, just the whole day <laughs> you got it covered. But when y'all, when y'all went plant-based, how did it affect your energy levels as educators? I mean, I, I always had energy. So people say they get energy when they change. Well, she's uh, stayed so long. <laughs> it's been so long. I, I always have energy. Like the other day I was, I was uh, heading out with our dog on a there's like a five, six mile loop we can do around here. And I was heading out just because, because and this was like kind of when COVID Omicron going on. So just still need to get out and do this stuff and take the dog out. And there's so much more time in a day because you can't be with people. And mm-hmm. stuff. So I was, and my mom was outside, you know, chipping away at something like unprepared. And she's like, oh, I, I, are you, where are you going? I'm like, I'm going to walk. You want to come? She says, yeah. She like dropped her trowel or whatever and join me and we did this whole big long loop together and i didn't question oh can she make it is she hydrated have food well she we just went talk chatted the whole time uphill downhill and it was like that is not something that you find i mean on monday she's 87 
Wow. Well, happy early birthday. And, and that's just not something that is like how wonderful to be free of that sense of limitation or that Mm. sense of governing yourself and just you're you're living the way that you live, the way that I live. And I mean, I'm 56 and I don't think about this stuff at all. Like we just got back from hiking in the white mountains, some of the hardest traverses that the white mountains offers. And yeah, we're, we were sore, but we weren't going to not do it because we're close to 60. Yeah. Right. I mean, another thing for, for families with kids, get the children involved in cooking and in planting and just creating. And they, you know, they, they, again, it's the same principle. They kind of like what they've made or what they're helping. Yeah, they're invested. They're invested. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember when our now 27 year old granddaughter was three and she, it was around Thanksgiving and you know how Brussels sprouts grow on a big stem. Mm-hmm. So I had a stem and we took them off and we cooked them. And I mean, she did all this help. And then um, when they were cooked, I put them in a bowl and I, we both sat down on the floor and Flynn looked at me and she said, you know, I don't eat those. I said, that's all right. But just, you just need to try a few little, little, you know, the little leaves. Well, Flynn must've eaten 20 Brussels sprouts. And I thought she might just explode. But what was so interesting is that her birthday is December 27th. And so when she was going to preschool and when you're in preschool, you take a treat back then she took Brussels sprouts. Oh, as her. And to this day, I mean, the Brussels sprouts is still something that we all, she loves everybody. We all love, but you know, get people involved. We have a whole section in our book called the BS section, which is the Brussels sprouts section. <laughs> and there's like multiple ways to make Brussels sprouts, which is kind of nice. And this, and you know what? It's also good just to boil them. Yeah. Yeah. They're so tasty. I did like how you included the the grandkids and their sort of opinions on plant-based eating. Cause I think that people have a lot of questions about, well, you know, how, how do you get everyone to eat plant-based and here you have their own opinions in the book listed, you know, and some of them are really young, like seven, eight, nine years old. Yeah. This is what Georgie said, who was eight without being plant-based. I can't imagine how I'd live. I'd open the refrigerator and see things like chicken wrapped in plastic and just feel like what happened or then hope who was seven at the time. She said, if you eat meat, you die. I called all of them to get what all our 10 grandchildren's opinions on plant-based and eating plant-based. And I love their opinions. Well, ladies, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing just more about the book and everything that goes into it and everything behind it. Um, if people are curious to connect with you or follow you online, where are some of the best places for them to find you? Thank you for asking. We would love to hear from people. Um, uh, my website is sort of selfishly janeesselston.com, which is- It's because I don't have any websites or even- I know how to get on Instagram and I know how to get on YouTube because we have, Jane has a amazing YouTube program on how to do all the channels, how to do all the, I mean, how to cook without, how to cook an onion without oil. Amazing. All all our recipes coming up. So janeesselson.com, 
um, at Jane Esselstyn, sorry, Jane Esselstyn on YouTube, it's the name of our channel, Jane underscore Esselstyn underscore RN and Instagram and Facebook company's name, which is health care is self-care, all separate words. We have events that we list on my website, but also on Instagram and Facebook regularly. And when our book comes out, we're actually having an event, be a plant-based woman warrior. And we're going to make all kinds of recipes from the book. And we're going to just do all kinds of activity. I don't know if you've seen Anne's, one of her favorite things to do for exercise is to drag this tire. Have you seen the tire dragging? Yes. We're going to have some tire dragging. These women love, we had a tire dragging relay where like it was this oval and team A, team B, they would go this and then they'd switch and they'd go up A, B and then they'd switch. And it was this hilarious, great tire dragging race. Like we're in some sort of Thunderdome. It was a riot. That's amazing. Well, it's all Jane's husband, Brian, who picked this up because he did these long distance oh. races. Yeah. Oh. So nice. So he contributes to some of that too. There's so much more to say, but please try oats for breakfast and then get bowls for dinner and you will be a plant-based woman warrior Mm -hmm. and you will live fierce, stay bold and be delicious. delicious. We're still working on our subtitle. Well, ladies, I appreciate it so much. And we'll include all those in the show notes. So for those of you who are listening, you can just click below and find those links really easily so you can get connected with Anne and Jane. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Ashley. Thank you so much for listening to the Plant-Centered and Thriving Podcast today. If you found this episode inspiring, please share it with a friend or post it on social media and tag me so I can personally say thank you. Until next time, keep thriving.